coming to you tonight from Luke, the 17th chapter and the 32nd verse. And it reads, remember Lot's wife. Remember Lot's wife. On Wednesday, August the 28th, 1963, Martin Luther King Jr. gave one of the most remarkable speeches on the Washington Capitol. There were anywhere from 200,000 to 300,000 people there, uh, a opportunity for Martin Luther King to set the tone for a movement. And as you could imagine, there were lots of things that Martin Luther King could have taken the opportunity to talk about. People who were alive then, they um, probably expected Martin Luther King to talk about the, the realities of white supremacy. They probably expected him to talk about the reality of Jim Crow and the reality of some of the things that African Americans experienced as a people. Interestingly enough, Martin Luther King decided to take a different perspective on this grand opportunity. It's during that speech that he said the following words. We are now faced with the fact that tomorrow is today. We are confronted with the fierce urgency of now. In this unfolding conundrum of life and history, there is such a thing as being too late. This is no time for apathy or complacency. This is a time for vigorous and positive action. This is a time for vigorous and positive action. For just a few minutes, I want to speak from the subject, the fierce urgency of now. The fierce urgency of now. A lot of us, if we're being honest with ourselves and decide to reflect on the things that we spend our focus on, we'll be willing to admit that it's really easy to focus on the past. Can I get an amen? Amen. It's really easy to focus on the past. It's easy to focus on the past because essentially all the characters have already played their parts, they've already performed. It's easy to rely and replay the past because um, we see the past as an indicator for the future. We tend um, to uh, rely on the past But we need to understand that the past can be very destructive. The past can be um, something that positions us to always have to revisit old wounds. The past can be uh, something that carries us to a place that we don't want to go. We, we, We don't really have a challenge with living in the past. We think about past relationships and past uh, interactions with friends. We tend to think about what we call memory lane. We stroll down memory lane sometimes thinking about um, the things that have happened in the past. We're comfortable with the past 
because we are told that it is the only thing that we can control. We're told that we cannot control the future, and so we put our trust, our hope, in the past. In some cases, the past can be a safe place. It's a place where we hold on to certain memories uh, that make our realities bearable. We think about, we stay uh, in relationships that are not good for us. And in order to remain in those relationships and to make them palatable, we think about the good old days. We remain in spaces of the past because sometimes those are the safest places to be. It's easy to focus on the future to an extent. We talked about the past, but it's easy also to focus on the future. We learn as young children how to daydream. Most uh, little girls learn at a very young age how to plan for their weddings. It's easy to focus on the future. We, we buy things that are too small in the winter in anticipation that we'll lose weight in time for the summer. It's easy to think about the future. Yeah. We, we have uh, a, a challenge However, with now, we have a challenge with now. It's easy to reflect on the past. It's it's somewhat easy to reflect on the future, but we have a problem with now. On Sunday, how many of you enjoyed the word from the evangelist that was here? She was all up and down my street. (laughs) She, She talked about things that really positioned me to reflect on my life and the choices that I make every day. And as she was speaking, I had determined in my heart that I was going to go to the gym on Sunday night, especially when I found out there was no Sunday evening service. I had decided that that Sunday was going to be the day that I was going to make some healthy eating decisions in my life. I was planning for the future because it's easy to do that. Then I start beating myself up about the past. You know, you just, you, you, you been, uh, you know better than this. That lady said that all of these illnesses that you might have are self-induced. I mean, I start thinking about the past and I start thinking about the future. And then I said, well, tonight what I'll do is I'll go to the gym, I'll work out, I'll eat a salad. I haven't had one of those in a while. And I just got, I was incited and enthused about the future because of the work that I had heard. I got in the car and I sat down and put my key in the ignition and looked over at the passenger seat and forgot that somebody had brought me some Girl Scout cookies called lemonades. You see, I'd already thoroughly, the lady had helped me to review the past and I had already had a plan for the future. The problem in my life was the now. And so I had that batch of lemonade cookies. Then I went to Fixin's down in Oak Park, and I had a waffle, a side of eggs, and a side of macaroni and cheese. It's just what I wanted. It's just what I want. I had, and, and then I got a little sleepy. It was, it was the strangest thing. I got sleepy, mother, and decided that I was going to go home and take a nap. When I woke up, I remembered that I had a little homework to do. So I did my homework and then fell asleep again. And I woke up, and it was Monday. You see, 
It was easy to reflect on what I had done wrong in the past. And it was easy to plan for the future, but I have and I still have a now problem. You, 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 the, the, the difficulty with now is that it seems so trivial. Like I could make a better decision now, but I also could make it later. Do you, you, do, do you, I could do the right thing now, but I'll have time to do the right thing later. I, 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 we have a now problem. Lot's wife also had a now problem. I don't have to go too deep into the experience of Lot and his wife, but for those of you who have not read Genesis 18 chapter in a while, let me just give you a brief overview of how we get to Luke 17 and 32. Sodom and Gomorrah was terrible. And the Bible says that God comes before Abraham and tells him, I'm going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And Abraham says, well, what if there's 50 people there that are living right for you? Will you destroy? He said, if you can find 50, I'll salvage the city. There wasn't 50. Then he went down to 40. Then he went down to 30. At the end of the day, God had decided that he was going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. If you read on down in the 18th chapter, the Bible says that two angels go to Sodom where Lot lives. And they are there as visitors. And the Bible says that Lot invites them in to to sup with him and he makes them a grand feast. And the Bible says that the men of the city surround the house. And they say to Lot, let us have access, if you will, to those guests. Lot goes out and says, please, I don't need any trouble. These are visitors. I respect them, but I got two daughters if you must. You don't have to go down this road. And they decided to insist. The Bible says that they tried to knock the door down. And those two angels that, that were inhabiting Lot's house, they pulled Lot back in And they tell Lot, here's what you need to do. You need to get out of Dodge. We're going to destroy the city because this city is wicked. And what we want you to do, Lot, is get your your daughter and your wife, your two daughters and their husbands, and we want you to get out of Dodge. And Lot would go and learn that his two sons-in-law were not interested in going. And so he leaves the city with his wife and two daughters. He leaves the past with his wife and two daughters. And the Bible says that Lot's wife decided to look back. That really puzzles me. What was she looking back at? What was she looking back at? Everything that she loved was with her. She had her husband. She had her children. She had everything that wanted to be with her, with her, but she decided to look back. And the Bible says that as soon as she looks back, she becomes a pillar of salt. And then there is no no, no further mention of her, but it's interesting because all of us are like Lot's wife. We are positioned to decide where we are going to take and spend our focus. Is it the past or is it the future? The problem is if we spend our time focused on the past 
And if we spend our time focused on the future, we forget that there is an urgency associated with now. There, there, there are some decisions that we must make now. I'm going to read you the rest of what Jesus is saying in Luke, the 17th chapter. But I want to just give you three important points because I don't know about you, but I'd like to hear what potentially might be a solution to my now problem. The first thing that I think that we need to think about is we need to pray and ask God to be delivered from the past. And, and, and it's really important for us to realize that there are some things, like the evangelist said on Sunday, that we hold on to that really don't bring anything positive to our life. What was in Sodom and Gomorrah for Lot's wife? Why did she need to keep thinking about the past? What was she thinking or dreaming about? What was she accomplished by focusing on the past? We bring harm to ourselves. We bring harm to our families. We bring harm to our our, our very being, our relationship with Christ when we focus on the past. And, and, And to an extent, this is gonna be different for everybody. You know, maybe that, maybe it's something that somebody said to you that you didn't like. Maybe it's something that somebody did to you that, that, that hurt your feelings. Maybe somebody hurt a family member or a loved one. We have to ask God to heal us from the past. The past is detrimental to us because if we focus on the past, we're like Lot's wife. If you want to, 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 to see um, a, a, a generation of people who, who cannot um, um, understand and live in the glory and the power of God, look at the folks that are so focused on the past that they cannot see the future. Yeah. You know, it's really difficult in the natural for us to focus on what is in front of us if we are focused in the rear view all the time. Can you imagine being in the car with somebody that is so concerned about what cars are behind them that they're not looking forward? God wants us to look forward. He wants us to look forward. But the, 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 the very thing that allows us to look forward is taking our focus off of the past. The second thing is that we cannot take for granted what we have. We cannot take for granted what we have. Listen, sometimes we can be so overtaken by what happened and what somebody said and that we, I have to tell you just my personal confession. I would be uh, um, so um, caught up in creating these ideal vacations in the month of December when I would go and spend uh, 10 days with my family in Seattle. And I'd have everything planned out, itinerary. We're going to do this at this time, then we're going to pick up grandma, and we're going to go. And then I would get there, and everybody would be doing different things. They wouldn't have time for my itinerary. They wouldn't come over and do what I said. They didn't make the, the, the meal. And so, you know, I spent five of the ten days angry. You, you know how it is when you have a plan and people don't, don't, don't follow through and you're just sitting there grumbling and upset? Sometimes we can miss the opportunities of life because we're so caught up in what people didn't do and what they didn't say and when they didn't come. Have you ever been with you? Every, all of us knows a person that just can't stand for people to be late. And, and you get there, and you're just like, well, I'm here. What difference does it make? Right? <laughs> I got here. I'm here. So why don't we get over the 15 minutes of theatrics where you have to make me feel bad for being late? I'm here. 
I'm just talking about my own, I'd like to be on time, not today, but in general. But, but we can sometimes be so overtaken by the things that don't matter that we are, we are having struggle with focusing on the things that are right in front of us. Yeah. We're mad at one person so we can't enjoy another person. We have such a bad experience with the supervisor that we forget that we love our job. Do you know what I'm saying? All the waitresses said something rude, and so we're not enjoying the food that we ordered, even though we've been craving it all day. We have to remember that we only have so much time on earth. We don't have to be, have time to be angry and upset about what happened. We have to ask God to heal us. And it's the little things, right? Because sometimes you, I, I testified about this a lot of times that I would call my mom uh, in the morning on my way to work and I would get to work and people would be like, what's wrong with you? You seem kind of grumpy in the morning. I thought I was a morning person. And I hadn't realized that my mother had the, the ability to trigger certain things in me. And so I would be walking around, I would feel okay, right? But I would be walking around wearing the things that she triggered because my whole car drive to Davis, I had been talking to her on the phone. And so the people who I enjoyed working with, they, it wasn't their fault. <laughs> they didn't do anything to me. Like I was just upset about something that had nothing to do with them. And so they were not enjoying their work experience with me and I wasn't enjoying my work experience with them because I was mad about something that happened between 8 and 8.30 on my way to work. Think about what our worship experience would be if we got here and we decided that I'm just going to be present with God. I'm just going to enjoy his presence. I'm just going to enjoy the fellowship with the saints. And so we must not be like Lot's wife. We must focus on what we have. We must focus on what we have. And then finally, we must make choices. We must make choices. Now, when I say make choices, I, I, this is the way that I had pictured it in my head when I was walking through the Hobby Lobby. I was thinking about what it's like to be laying in the bed or in the couch or on the chair and decide you're hungry. In your mind, what do you have to do? You gotta get up and make something, right? All of the choices that you could have are in front of you. You make the choice to create an option. So when I say make choices, I mean that when you are at the point of indecision, when you are at that point where you have to decide the impact of the past, that you create an option. You don't have to go with the options that are already there. You can decide to be happy. You can decide to forget the past. You can decide to get over it. You can decide to smile. You can decide to take advantage of now rather than focusing on the past. And so we must make choices. I want to use just a few scriptures that we often quote that really deal with what we're talking about, this fierce urgency of now. This is Philippians 3 and 14. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling, which is in Christ Jesus. In other words, I spend my now pressing. Right? Like, I, I could think about the past. Now, let me read, the, let me read the, 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 the 13th through the 15th verse to just give you a better uh, a sense of, of, of what is being said here. Brethren, I count not myself to have been apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind me. So I have decided to categorize the past as not valuable. 
especially when we're talking about moving forward, we're talking about taking advantage of the now. I had decided that when I am thinking about making a positive step in the future, or I'm deciding to be proactive and productive with my now, I am deciding that the past is not valuable. I'm forgetting those things which are behind me, and I'm reaching forth for the which are before me, I press toward the mark of the high prize of the high calling of Christ Jesus. Let us therefore, this is verse 15, as many as be perfect or as many as be whole, as many as can understand what this scripture is saying, be thus minded. Take let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. And if in anything ye be otherwise minded, God should reveal even this unto you. So if you can't get it right now, even God will reveal it to you so that you can understand the fierce urgency of now. You don't have to linger in the past. You can do something about the future by taking advantage of your now. It, it is, I want to read to you in the, in, the, in the Message Bible the context for which we get this scripture, Luke 17 and 32. And I want to read it in the Message Bible because it makes it very clear that we can talk about the social interactions that we have with each other. And I mentioned some of those and the things that we do when we are with our colleagues and and our work. But one of the, the, the primary reason that we need to be engaged in productively doing something now is because Jesus is coming back. And it is, it is to the detriment of the world that church people can come to church five and six and seven times a week with the knowledge that Jesus is going to come back and then just be caught in the past and planning for the future. Oh, honey, we're going on vacation next year. We're going on a cruise and, and we're going to go to the Bahamas. We, 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 everybody at our job knows that next year we're going to the Bahamas on a cruise. And oh, I remember when she, that one, remember that one time when she, you, you know, she came to work late? Where everybody, everybody's talking about what happened in the past. Don't we, we have to realize that when we come in contact with God's word, when God's word is exposed to us, it is because God is planting us in places so that we can expose to our friends and our family the importance of now. Now is the time that we can make decisions about the future. Now is the time that we can tell a dying world that Jesus saves and he's coming back and he's coming to redeem a man that loves him. Now is the time to talk about God's ability to heal and to save. And now is the time to talk about that because the dying world needs to hear it now. Bless the Lord. Here's what Jesus is telling uh, the, the, the people in Luke 17, 28, and 38, and I'm reading this in the Message Bible. It was the same uh, uh, time of, of Lot, the people carrying on, having a good time, business as usual, right up to the day Lot walked out of Sodom and a firestorm swept down and burned everything to a crisp. That's how it will be, sudden, Total, when the Son of Man is revealed. When the day arrives and you're out working in the yard, don't run into the house to get anything. And if you're out in the field, don't go back and get your coat. Remember what happened to Lot's wife. If you grasp and cling to the life of, of, on your terms, you will lose it. But if you let that life go, You'll get life on God's terms. If you let that life go, you'll get life 
on God's terms. That's the power of now. He's given us one more now to make a decision about what we're going to do in the future. What is our destiny? What is our ultimate location that we're going to go to? Is is anything that we have experienced in the past worth going to hell for? We've got to decide that there is a fierce urgency associated with now. We cannot be lackadaisical in the way that we talk about Jesus. We cannot be lackadaisical in the way that we live. We are living in the last day. The perilous times are here. Watch the news. Watch the news. Watch folks how they act at church sometimes. (laughs) We are living in the last day, and now matters. I want to just pray that the body of Christ comes Uh, into or puts into clear view the importance of now and that we have a laser focus on seeing Jesus and that our laser focus on seeing Jesus blinds us from all the things that don't matter and that we stop taking the time like Lot's wife did to look back when there's nothing behind us that's going to prepare us for what God has for us. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the word. We thank you, Father, for this reminder that you send us through Lot's wife. We thank you, God, that you have given us another chance to live for you and to be saved and to enjoy the privilege and the, and the, the opportunities associated with the sacrifice that you made on the cross. And Father, we ask, God, that you would give us uh, the holy boldness to take these moments serious, Father, and to remember that we are living in the last days, Father, and that our focus should be on you and what you are doing. Father, we ask, God, that you would give us strength and courage and joy and love and the fruit of the Spirit that we need, Father, to live in the day that we live. Father, help us to forgive those in our past that have hurt us and that have have caused us not to move forward. Father, help us to not be so uh, overtaken by planning for the future that we forget, Father, what you have called us to do now. Father, help us to realize, Father, that there is a fierce urgency associated with now that you have not called us to complacency, but you have called us to positive and productive action. And we thank you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.